Hello everyone and welcome back to the Luton Town Supporters Trust podcast. Uh, if you're new, I'm Kev, I'm the host and I've got with me James Cunliffe of the Lutonian website, the Trust Chairman Tony Murray and the voice of Luton Town, Simon Pitts. Chaps, season four. Who'd have thought that three, three and a bit years ago when we were in Venue 360 starting out this venture? Oh, it's only... <laughs> Well, we didn't start as we meant to go on back then, did we? The <laughs> calamity of the bar situation, but yeah, yeah. we've done all right. I thought at the time you were supposed to get more professional, James, you know? Not you, <laughs> yeah. not, just not just That's why I'm wearing these headphones for anyone that can see this. <laughs> Much has changed in those uh, intermittent three years, but the slagging of each other off probably isn't going to so uh, <laughs> expect much of that uh, chaps before we focus on the football which is obviously what we are here for um there are two people who do an awful lot for the trust and give up their own time in order to do that and tony uh, it's time the trust make official recognition of that so i'll hand over to you because you want a few words yeah thank you kevin um the two people that we, we're talking about um, are actually with us now, and that's Simon and James. And uh, I just wanted to say on behalf of uh, my fellow board members and all the trust members, thank you um, for all the hard work you've done for us. Um, the, you know, I know with the, the presentation, Simon, you, you, you've put a lot of hard work in, as is Kevin, as is Colin and Helen and Mark and, and other people. And you do it for us every year. And we're very, very grateful to you for that. James, you, you do a lot of work with this podcast. You, you push the trust whenever you can. You've been a good friend to us as a Simon. And in recognition of your services, Guy, what we'd like to do is honour you um, with uh, life membership of the trust. Uh, so you become honorary life members. And it means now, uh, Kevin, we don't have to badger James about filling a form in now either. Oh. That's, uh, that's amazing. Thank you very much. <clears throat> I, I accept and I'm very honoured. Okay. Yeah, likewise, that's a very kind gesture and very much appreciated. And I think I speak for both myself and James when we say that, you know, we enjoy the time that we can give up to support the trust and to be involved in the podcast and also for myself doing the presentation evening. Um, you know, it's, it's an honour to be involved in these things. That was a cracking presentation evening as well. Well done, you lot. It was. It was. It absolutely was right. That's enough of a being nice, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, fair play, honestly. You two, you really, you definitely deserve that. So, um, yeah, we, we wanted to make sure we do that. Um, coming up then in this episode, we are going to look ahead to next season, which thankfully, as we now know, is another season in the Championship. We're going to be joined by the town boss, Nathan Jones. We catch up with him down at the Brace, uh, the training ground. And we're going to cover things like uh, pre-season, the Carabao Cup, the transfers. We'll find out if anyone else is coming in or going out. Uh, what the boys expect from the season coming up. Preview the first two games, only the first two, because that third one's kind of important. And we'll come back and do another podcast on that one. And then we'll update you on things that the Trust have uh, gone with. But before we look ahead, James, we'd like to reminisce, don't we? We'd particularly like to reminisce on the good times. And those last nine games at the end of the last season, particularly the last two, they were good times. Oh, yeah, they were brilliant, um, <clears throat> considering what we sort of had to endure at the mid part of the season. 
where everything went pear-shaped uh, to see them achieve that great escape. Every time I write it, I put that in capital letters because I think it deserves it because I just didn't, I didn't see them doing it. Um, you know, I had a bit of hope uh, before lockdown, those five games, I think they started to turn the corner, but it was a massive arse still um, for, for both, for Luton and, and Barnsley to do it as well, actually. I mean, Luton's was a great escape, but Barnsley, how they pulled that off, I have no idea. And obviously they're going to be playing each other on Sunday to start this season. But yeah, it was a, it, it was wonderful. And considering, uh, you know, in the middle of that, there was a 5 nil hammering to, to Reading um, to, to get 16 points from 27, which was playoff form, and survive. And not, not, not just one place above relegation as well, it finished in 19th as well. It's an incredible feat. It's, I, I think we said it in the last one, but it's, it's just one of the shrewdest moves that this board have made, um, and they make a lot of them, was to get Nathan Jones back. You know, you know, we had the big discussion when he came back. None of us thought he would. Everyone thought we were surprised and we've all eaten humble pie, I think. So, um, yeah, it, it was uh, it was an amazing <coughs> feat. The only thing for me was that people weren't there to see it. And it, it was that what they achieved deserved 10,000 people running on the pitch, even though you're not supposed to do that at the end of the game and celebrating with the players. Um, and in, instead it was just sort of a quiet, quiet affair with all the players sort of standing sufficient distance away from each other and having a beer on the pitch so uh, it was a bit weird in that way but um, in terms of footballing achievement it's it's up there with anything I've seen since I've covered them. Yeah Tony it's kind of highlighted in the presentation evening that was put out last night wasn't it we're kind of famed for last day escapes really we kind of highlighted the the three famous ones in that presentation evening and well we've got a fourth one to add to it now. Yeah, <laughs> having been through all of those uh, escapes, um, it, it is almost a, a, as good as getting promoted. Um, this one was uh, somewhat special, I feel, because because of the circumstances around it, as James has touched on with the um, you know the prodigal son returning, as it was on the end of the video. Um, and uh, the, the, the fact that we, we achieved something, I mean, you, you only have to look at the comments of uh, Lee Bowyer at Charlton that, you know, effectively they were only fighting for one place because both us and Barnsley were effectively relegated. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's sometimes nice to, to make somebody eat their words. Um, and especially when that person is, <laughs> is the person whose club went down. Um, but, you know, I think, again, as James, said a, a special um well done to barnsley um because how they did it um but with, with us um as a club and as a team the squad and everything it just shows you how together that squad is and especially the fact that you know james Bream wanted to come back here as well um we're together and throughout luton it just shows you that the whole club spirit you know the support spirit we're fighters We've always fought battles and we always come through. And uh, I, I, I think the, the, the squad, the manager and, and, and supporters can hold their head, heads up. You know, we all said at the start of the season that, uh, you know, I, I remember I said it, I, I'd take uh, finishing fourth from bottom on goal difference, but not just the fact that we, we, we didn't just scrape out. We, we finished clear of it. So 
you know, and, and, and you'd never have thought that if you look back to the defeat at Brentford and then it, uh, James said the 5 0 home at Reading. But I found what was different with that was in previous times, if we got stuffed at home like that, it'd be, oh, woe is me and everything. And I, I, I felt the main attitude was, okay, that's happened, fine, it's gone, let's move on to the next game. And, and I felt everybody had that spirit about them. So, yeah, I. I think it overall, I think it's been a special season. Yeah, I've got a couple of WhatsApp chats, one with um, James in particular, where we didn't um, think it was all uh, hunky-dory after that 5-0 um, loss to Reading. We thought that was the writing on the wall. Simon, I'll, I'll come to you because um, obviously, as James said, getting Nathan Jones back proved to be the master straight. There's something about that fella in this club, isn't there? I know the other Simon in the press box asked him at the end of the... Um, Blackburn game I don't know what it is I probably never will know what it is but the two sort of parties they match up well yeah they certainly do and um, you know he's come in at a time where we needed um, somebody that could hit the ground running um, that knew the club that knew the players and um, has done the job and there's no denying what has been achieved previously and what was achieved in those last nine games um, albeit as we've mentioned before you know we had just started to show a bit of a turnaround prior to lockdown but we needed that momentum um, during lockdown because of the games coming so thick and fast being Saturday midweek, Saturday midweek. Um, but yeah, there's something about Nathan in the club and it just works. And, you know, let's hope uh, he brings success in the longer term um, over the next few years for us as well. And, you know, we can become an established championship club that is looking at the um, top half of the table rather than the bottom. Yeah, absolutely. Let's hope um, that that is the case. And um, certainly in the chat that's coming up with him, he uh, he paints a very, very, very optimistic picture. James, uh, let's talk about the transfers that he's made in pre-season. Uh, quick word, actually, on the players that left um, and, and are not coming back. Izzy Brown and Cameron Carter-Vickers, big parts of what was achieved last season. Shame that we can't get them back, but you know, the, the, the kind of the world still revolves around, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, particularly for those two players. I mean, Cameron Carter-Vickers is arguably, um, <clears throat> uh, if you take just those nine games, probably the player, player, player of that mini-season, really. You could probably stick James Bree <clears throat> in there with him, but he was such a rock, Cameron Carter-Vickers. Played so well. Obviously, he was part of that little run before lockdown as well, um, particularly at Wigan. I thought he was fantastic. And not taking away from Simon Sluger's world, of save that, that preserved that point. But um, after he performed so well, I think it was always going to be a big ask to um, see Cameron Carter Vickers back. I know you wrote a piece for my website about how he's potentially like the greatest loan signing the Luton have ever made um, for, for his efforts in those nine games. But you've just got to think about the, the money that a fringe player in the Premier League is on weekly um, it's just going to be a, a massive ask to take a pay cut that, that would suit Luton's um, transfer uh, not transfer their wage budget their weekly wage budget um, so it's a shame um, but I think that they've obviously brought in Tom Lockyer and he's a, he's a Welsh international um, so they 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 tend to have one or two or three targets um, and they've obviously filled that role. Uh, you know, I, I, 
I wouldn't be surprised if they wanted to try and get another defender, but really they have addressed the defensive situation, considering that, you know, pre-Nathan Jones coming back, they had the worst defensive record in the league and actually didn't finish with it, in, in, if you're looking at goal difference, which is, which is nice to see. And another nice little bonus at the end of the season, because Hull royally messed up there, didn't they? But uh, uh, there's goals in the team, so you, you, ha- you have to sort of, I had to sort of address that situation and I like the look of Reese Norrington Davis um on Saturday against Norwich. He looked he looked pretty useful. Um and James Bree's, you know, one of the most improved considering where he's the where he started and how torrid a time he had when he was deployed as a left back um in those nine games. He was absolutely fabulous. So um yeah, um uh, Slightly going on onto other players there, but um, <clears throat> yeah, Izzy Brown is another one that's so priced out of Luton's market. Um, and whether you know, Luton don't want to do loan deals, so it's unlikely that they're probably going to get in on loan, which was the only way they probably could get in um, back. Uh, but I, th- I feel that they've um, they've they've got some creative players that can play that role, and many of them had to because Izzy Brown was injured so often. Um, but they've also brought in Jordan Clark, who looked a class act, and for a competitive debut on Saturday against Norwich, having a hand in all three goals, some of the touches and the attacking intent he showed, and the fact that he's played with James Collins as well before, um, there's a link up there, uh, and it looked like they 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 had that relationship already. So I, I think they've made some good moves in in light of not being able to get those players back. And it's kind of what Luton have to do, really. They have to try and find these little gems from either the lower leagues or people, players that aren't being given a fair crack at, at that level and, and take them on because they're just not going to be able to compete in the transfer market with some of the big teams, and particularly now when money's tight. So um, I, I, like the, I like the look of the squad. I like the, the balance of it at the moment. Um, I spoke to Nathan earlier today at the press conference and so he may be looking to get one more in, didn't sort of specify where it would be, but uh, um, maybe maybe some midfield or maybe sort of another t- attacking option, but you obviously know how hard they are to come by. Um, but um, yeah, it's I think it's been a decent window considering the, the world situation and the financial situation. Um, and I think that getting, getting a James Bree to come and sign shows what, uh, what you said earlier about the, the, the strength of the squad and together as the squad, how, how they can offer him a pathway. And I think he recognised how much he had, he'd obviously put work in himself, how much, but how much he'd improved after the lockdown. And I think that um, sometimes football speaks louder than money. And I think that he's realised that he, he, he could probably... Um, start a good career at Luton and hopefully he does yeah I mean he's, he's got a manager who's sort of renowned for uh, finding fullbacks and improving them and they go on and have fantastic careers don't they so it's well within his interests to have come back Tony two fullbacks a centre back um, creative midfielder I don't know exactly where Jordan Clark's going to play kind of hinted um, on the right hand side of, of a midfield are you happy enough with those four? Would you like to see anyone else? Would you like? Is there another position that we need filling? Probably uh, 
you know, defensive midfielder we, we need cover for, for Glenn Ray, um, I think. But I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy with the, with the signings. I mean, you look at Lockyer, he, he had um, a good couple of performances for Wales uh, during the week. So you, you can't... Um, you can't think of anything but that being a good signing. The two pullbacks, yeah, I agree with James. I thought uh, Norrington Davies looked really good against um, Norwich on Saturday. Uh, we know what James Bree is capable of. And Jordan Clark again acquitted himself well. Um, he, he looked really good. I, I was particularly impressed uh, with the third goal because it would have been so easy for him to take that on and go for glory with a shot, but he laid it on a plate for James Collins. And I thought that was great. I, I, you know, because we've seen that at Luton before with their creative players and they always seem to make the wrong decision, whereas Jordan Clark was aware and I thought he, he, he linked up really well when he came on. And, and I'd also like to say in that game, I, I thought Pelly had a very good game as well. Um, you know, he, he was involved in everything and, and, uh, it was great considering the award he got last night. You know, um, one thing I was going to say, you know, there's a rumour in the in the uh, going round at the moment about uh, Luton being in uh, talks with this uh, left winger, and uh, Wickham are in for him as well. Have you seen that? <laughs> yeah, which makes me laugh because I think if he ends up going to Wickham, great, he will get more game time, but not quite in the way he thinks he will. You know, so uh, we've watched that, and I think honestly, if if we're in the race for a, for a player against Wickham, I think maybe we might be better off letting him go. Wickham. Fifteen minutes into the podcast, and Tony is already having digs at Wickham Wanderers. Uh, nothing has changed, folks. That is absolutely sure. Simon, um, I'll get your views on the transfers um, shortly. But how long into the Barnsley game is Norrington Davies going to be shortened to RND? Yeah, I must admit, it was, you know, it's one of those, isn't it? A bit long-winded, but yeah, it's. Uh, I managed to get through it with Norwich, but yeah, there's uh, going to have to come up with something else. I don't know if he's got a nickname or not that uh, we can shorten it, but yeah, it, uh, he's he's run half the length of the pitch by the time I've got the Norrington Davis out. Just R and D, well, I mean, you know, CCV, R&D, we like all of these kind of initialed um, players, don't we? Uh, just on him, though, Simon, I mean, obviously you watched him on Saturday firsthand. Um, he looks uh, an interesting recruit, bearing in mind that it looks like Dan Potts is going to be out for a little while. Yeah, he certainly does. He's very much an attacking fullback. Um, he said that in his pre-press conference when he joined and when he spoke and and, you know, that was clear to see, particularly when he was on our side. You know, you could just see him racing down the wing as soon as he saw Luton building an attack. Um, at one point, he was the furthest man forward. Um, the, the one concern, obviously, with a fullback like that is you need to make sure that your left-sided uh, midfielder or attacker has got the ability to, to track back when required because, you know, we are going to need support if, if that's the case. And to be honest, the Norwich left-back, you know, he let himself down on occasions when he went on a, an attack that we did have that space down that side. Um, but no, Norrington Davis looks a, a cracking acquisition. We know Nathan doesn't like to bring players in on loan, but when you've got somebody you're very keen on, if the only way you can get them for a season is to get them in on loan, then, you know, that's what you need to do. And, um, you know, he looks very promising um, for us. And, uh, you know, we wish him every success uh, for us this season. 
We most certainly do, yeah. Uh, the uh, the squad's looking in good order, actually, um, going into Saturday. So, um, fingers crossed that, you know, everyone stays fit and um, they all have a good season. James, one of the things that kind of gets players fit, maybe not so much this season, though, actually, given that it was only six weeks ago uh, that the Great Escape was pulled off of pre-season games, it's impossible to take anything from pre-season games, particularly when two of them are against non-league sides, three of them if you include Stevenage, although somehow they've burgled their way back into League Two, haven't they? Um, <laughs> any, any, anything at all that you took out of any of them pre-season games? I'm not even going to bother asking you if you watched them because I know the answer to that, but did, did, you, uh, did, did you take anything from it? Maybe the fact that Collins and Hilton both were in the goals? It's, it's, it's so difficult when you... <laughs> When you're playing against the level of opposition, I think it's probably the first two games are sort of to get the fitness back up to the levels that they were. Admittedly, they probably wouldn't have been as low as they usually would be because of the quick turnaround. Um, <clears throat> Northampton be a bit of a test considering they uh, went up. But uh, you know, I thought they played really well against Norwich. That's the one game I did watch. Um, and Norwich had a lot of the ball which was a good test for playing, you know, many of the teams up the top of the championship. But they didn't get through Luton a great deal. I can't think of too many wonderful chances that they had. And I think that is a bonus. Um, and to, you know, regardless of the opposition throughout pre-season, to have just conceded that one goal um, is fairly promising, um, considering that the players they brought in at the back and the, the obvious task that they've got to try and reduce that goal difference. But, um, you know, if they can and they can reproduce that against Norwich, um, albeit with the players they've got out, but they're still, they're still players that would have had been in and around the Premier League last season. So um, I, I, I think if you, in fact, if you probably look at the two Norwich games, the, pre the last two pre-seasons, uh, the Norwich of the season before when they were going up into the Premier League, they they absolutely tore Luton apart and you could see the gulf, the difference there. So even though they've got relegated, they've still got those players, that, many of those players that would have gotten there and, and played that well. So I think it's an improvement. Um, and, you know, as I said before, I just think that that defensive, those defensive problems had to be addressed. And it looks promising that they have been. Tony James is showing what he thinks of the um, Carabao Cup by calling it a pre-season competition. Um, but of course, it wasn't. But we will come on to that in a minute because there's obviously a huge carrot being dangled in that particular competition. But just on the um, pre-season friendlies, did you watch any of them? Did anything catch your eye in them? Mm, it, it's very difficult to judge in, in pre-season friendlies. Um I mean, the only thing that uh, caught my eye really was that we scored quite a lot of goals and we didn't concede any, um, which is... Never a bad combination, that is it, really? No, not, not at all. Made a nice change from a lot of last season. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's basically just keeping them uh, keeping them fit and getting a, a, a new players uh, acclimatised to the team and everything. And... And you saw flashes and everything, but the 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 trouble is that there is still a, a golfing class, and and the the main test was on Saturday against Norwich, albeit a, a a second string Norwich side. But 
you know, that was more of a run out. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm feeling quite optimistic going into the new season, Kev. So, you know, it, 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 I've seen it all before where, you know, you, you play a pre-season friendly and you, you, you have a great run in pre-season and it all comes to naught in the new season. Then there's others, you know, where you um, you, you, you don't win any of your pre-season games and then you, you, you're off like a rocket in come the season. So um, I, I, I think the only one we can really judge anything from is, is Saturday's game in, in the Carabao Cup. Yes, yeah, so I'm in second string Norwich side getting beaten in Cup by Luton. I've heard this story before. Yeah, I mean, it, it was second string, but to be fair, they still had some good quality players in that squad. And, um, you know, there's some big names, Steeperman and Zimmerman, um, you know, as involved and Tim Closer obviously went off injured. So, you know, I think whilst there'll be a lot talked about Norwich being, um, you know, a lot of players out missing, I think the positives for me was the Luton Town performance and, you know, the way that we've been looking. I've, I've been, I watched the... Um, Wilston game on their stream and I was lucky enough to be at Northampton so um, you know it's it's positive signs in pre-season albeit it is very difficult as we've said to judge when they are pre-season games but um, you know the Carabao Cup Nathan has said previously that you know it would have been a tough test as a last pre-season game the, the fact is we've got through to the next round off the back of it. These social restrictions must be treating you bad if you were lucky enough to be in Northampton. I've got, I've got to say, yeah, <laughs> not, the, not the terminology I would use, but I suppose at least you were at football and that was uh, that was one positive. I think the general consensus then with pre-season is these games, they, we didn't really need these games, did we, given how close it was to the end of last season, but we probably got out of them what we needed to get out of them. Um, so, James, I'll come back to you with the Carabao Cup. Obviously, First of all, it's different, isn't it, having a cup tie before the season? I don't know how I feel about that, and I, and I still don't. But it's nice to know that if we get over a crap draw in the next round, we've got a right plum tie coming our way. Well, yeah, that's the, that's the carrot dangled in front of you, isn't it? But considering the last two games against Reading <laughs> were two to the most awful, um, I, I don't know if I hold up much hope of facing Man United after that it, you know but it's a nice little it's a nice little draw and if you can get on a run it happens quite quickly so yeah that's nice uh, for me starting the season with Carabao Cup was it, it it was it was crap really it's it, the the whole start of the season has been is just feels a bit meh to me at the moment I'm like optimistic for Luton's chances this season, I think that they've signed some good players, and I think that they can they can go on and do that thing of establish themselves in the championship. But to start with, a, I, I, albeit like, I know the caveat of um, the situation we are in with coronavirus, I understand all that. But to start the league season with a cup game, um, and then to have um, Barnsley away. And no disrespect to them at all. I think that'd be a good test, but with no fans, just it's just it's something severely lacking. And my enthusiasm for the start of the season is severely lacking because um, uh, of that start, and mainly because people can't get in to see it. I've 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 had my fill of going to empty stadiums now, and I just want it to I want it to be back to normal. I'm sure everybody does. It's not. Unusual thought, but um, 
you know, I wrote, I wrote an art, I wrote an article opinion piece last season about how football was nothing without fans, and it, it isn't. It's it's just not the same. I'm getting vibes that you didn't watch Brentford against Wickham on Sunday afternoon on the television. Uh, don't know where I'm getting them vibes from, but I've got a funny feeling that that's the truth. Um, Tony, how did you how do you feel actually about starting the season with the Carabao Cup? It's different. Do you like it? Don't you like it? To, to, to be honest with you, Kevin, I, I, I'm not bothered. I mean, I can remember years ago it used to happen. You know, in the first round, um, there used to be, uh, you know, home and away league, and uh, that's how it used to be. We might have one league game at home uh, or away, uh, and then we go straight into the league cup. But um, so it's nothing new, really. It's, it just hasn't been done for quite a few years. Um, but as James said, it, it, it's just the, the current situation. They're, they're, they're trying to get a lot of football in in, a, in a, a reduced amount of time. So they've got to do what they've got to do. And the games are going to come thick and fast. I mean, I, I was just thinking that um, it's just our luck, isn't it? That, you know, the one, the, the sort of tie we've wanted for years. And if we get through Reading, it comes at a time when supporters are not allowed in, you know, that... That's just our luck, isn't it? You know, but uh, I, I, I think this is probably just a one-off, this starting it early. So uh, hopefully next season it'll be back to normal. I think Even they should have just scrapped the cup, the, the League Cup, considering like, half the Premier League don't care about it. I, I think I, just for one season they should have just scrapped it. I, I understand that view, um, Jane, but um, you're talking about one of the football authorities here and... Um, you know, uh, I'm not surprised. Mm. You know, um, sometimes uh, football league and, and the FA they wouldn't know common sense if it come a bit more on the backside. You know, so uh, yeah, I would agree with you on that. But um, it's done. You know, it's decided. So you know. Yeah, I mean, it's happened as well. I, mean, I suppose it's it's just the. It's a complete chalk and cheese from the beginning of last season to the beginning of this season. It was, uh, it was unbelievable. It was one of the you know best nights uh, in recent years when Luton started last season because it was on Friday night, and then this season it was just a bit. I mean, you, it, you... it felt like a pre-season. That's why I was still referring to it <laughs> earlier as a pre-season. It just felt like it. I mean, you you could equally say the same thing about having in, in international fixtures as well mm-hmm. now. You know, in, oh yeah, I think they should be scrapped. To be honest, I mean, uh, yeah, it's part of, no, part part of the fun. A massive part of the fun of football is going to the games, and uh, especially if you are a fan that follows your international side, you're going away uh, with your fellow countrymen to watching football, and you just can't do it anymore. So it's just like I know the 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 anticipation and uh, the excitement and all the usual stuff that comes with. Uh, having a summer off and waiting for the football to come back, just sort of, it's not at, it's nowhere near the level of any other season that I've uh, ever gone into. You can still go to Iceland like a few uh, England people did, but you're going to have to quarantine when you come back and um, probably doesn't really have the same sort of ring to it, does it really? Uh, if you're playing podcast bingo here, you must already have a line because you've got Tony on Wickham, on the EFL and on the FA. Uh, can't be much more left before you've um, completed your card, to be fair. Simon, I'll come on to you. That Man United game, I mean, that is a proper little carrot there, but 
I do trust Nathan will actually play the youth team in that game if we get there because the Saturday afterwards is a far bigger game than Manchester United at home. No disrespect to Manchester United, of course. Yeah, of course. I mean, there's the potential, isn't there, of two big games in the same week. And, um, you know, it is a bit strange that we know the draw was made for two rounds in a row because the games are so quick and fast. You know, obviously clubs have got to prepare and be aware of that. Um, I just keep thinking that, you know, the last couple of occasions when we've known our opponents in the next round, it's been the opportunity of Tottenham away and Chelsea away. And we've lost replays against Charlton and um, Sheffield Wednesday, respectively. So, you know, part of me isn't looking, well, I'm not looking beyond um, the Reading game because we've got to beat them first to get that tie. Um, but as you say, it would be massive for the club to to have a Manchester United team at Kenilworth Road, albeit a behind closed doors game again. So you, you would hope at that point there's a potential if we were to get through that um, it could be featured on Sky and therefore there's some money coming into the club from from that. Um, but yeah, a bit of massive disappointment for fans that, you know, potentially two huge games in quick succession. I'm not convinced that um, it would be a full team of uh, youth teamers if we were to play United um, just because of the next game. But, you know, it certainly does change your planning and your, your thinking a little bit, doesn't it? Certainly does, yeah. Hopefully that Reading Cup tie goes a little bit better than the last time we went down there in this cup competition where... Not for the first time in recent history. We shipped five, didn't we, to um, to Reading? We could do without doing that again. Um, James, is it a competition that we need out of? The next three rounds are in, an, are in three successive midweeks with big Saturday games to come. Is, is there anything to gain by staying in it other than the money that Simon mentioned against Man United? <laughs> well, I mean, it. that's... That's not to be sniffed at these days, is it? If, if it comes along, um, I, yeah, I, I don't see why not. Um, you know, the the fact that they've put the fixtures so close to each other for this opening months means you might get a bit of momentum. They didn't look tired or leggy or rusty at all on, against Norwich, and um, kept. Uh, Tony's already touched on how good Pelly was, and Pelly's usually a very slow starter. But it was bang on it against Norwich, so it suggests to me that they're um, they they're not um, too far behind, if at all, from where they left off last season. So it could be a chance to get some good momentum into them. Um, don't forget this in this league, you do have international breaks as well, so most of the players will probably get a rest here or there. Um, and it, you know, I don't think you can really pass up the chance to try and earn some um, money. Uh, in this current situation. So the further you can go, it can only benefit a club. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all, all money is welcome. Knowing our luck, though, it'll be the one Man United Cup tie in the last 500 years that won't be on Sky TV, wouldn't it? Um, I know, they get on TV all the time for Cup ties, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah I was thinking, whether, whether it's us or Reading that played, I mean, it'll be a, a nice local game for most of their fans, won't it? there's another one ticked off um yeah so that's that's kind of our thoughts on the carabao cup different but my word is there a huge carrot being dangled at the end of that let's find out what nathan jones thinks of the carabao cup the pre-season the players that he's brought in and let go and actually his expectations for the season to come as i say we caught up with him via zoom a little while ago 
myself, Tony and Simon were on the call. And uh, here's what he had to say. Apologies in advance for any aircraft in the background, but if you've not been to the Brace, it is right next to the airport and we can do nothing about the timings of the planes. But um, here's Nathan Jones on all of the uh, aforementioned topics. Nathan, thanks very much for giving up your time so close to the start of the season. No worries. Good to, good to be on. Um, we're going to obviously cover the season to come shortly, but whilst we've got you here, in light of the fact that we had the presentation evening last night, it makes perfect sense to just recap those last nine games once again, the sort of euphoria of the achievement, the size of the achievement, and, and how you went about it, really. Yeah, look, it was. We kind of knew that it was so so important, really, to to obviously stay in the division um, for a lot of reasons. Obviously, for reasons that um, if they'd brought a, a new manager in, the reasons were there, regardless of who's the manager. But obviously, with myself, um, I realised that you know we started a journey in 2016. Well, it probably started before that, but I I sort of joined the journey in 2016, and we always had a goal, a short to medium term goal of being a championship club. We said about getting there in four years. Um, we you know, managed to get there in three. Um, so we were a year ahead of schedule. If we had, had had one year and then gone down, we actually then would be a year behind schedule. It sounds silly, but it, it would have been because we would have been a league one club at the time. We said we would have been a championship club, even though we'd have had a, a year's sort of experience. So it was really, really important, one to the club on, on, on every level. But also to the squad and to myself and and to those closely involved in the project in terms of you know Gary and and, and the board that we remained a, a championship club because that was always going to be the goal at the start of 2020 to be a championship club. It was a very bold and an ambitious sort of target, but we believed it was it, it was more than possible and we actually achieved it. And it's just those sort of those last nine games. I mean. It just kind of built momentum, didn't it? You know, we started out with that really important equaliser from Callum against Preston, built on that with a fine away performance at Swansea. And apart from the Reading game, where I think, you know, the allowances are obvious with the schedule and everything catching up, the momentum never really stopped, did it? It just kind of kept on escalating right up to that sort of winner from Kaz at Hull and then that crazy night at Kenilworth Road against Blackburn. Yeah, and, and look, uh, um, some credit has to go to Graham Jones as well because before lockdown, they, you know, they, I think they only had one one defeat in five or six games, so they'd started to pick up points that they weren't picking up before. So, you know, it, it, it did start that little bit of momentum, and then it obviously got curtailed because of 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 the lockdown. And then when we came out, we knew we had a short period to prepare them. We knew that every game was coming thick and fast. It was it wasn't going to be massively improving players and so on it was, going to, it was going to be just all about getting result game by game and we knew that if after three games because a lot of teams would have looked at us for those three first three games and thought they could be down by then and and we thought that if we could cut the gap or keep the gap exactly the same with six remaining we all we felt we had an unbelievable chance of staying up so then when we obviously cut the gap to three points and it was we knew we were in a great great place Ultimately, when we lost to Reading straight away and allowances, yeah, yeah, you had to because of the schedule. It kind of put us back a little bit. But what we pretty much did every single game was cut the gap, was make, was bring another team in. And that was from Callum's equaliser to the win at Swansea to the, the great draw at Leeds. 
all those points actually real teams in and we didn't actually fall too much behind again that we read in and then we bounced back with the point then we won so we we were always cutting the gap and that was a good thing and it was like a mini little league nine game um uh, and and uh, the, the lads did magnificent the whole, the whole, the whole sort of staff and, and 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 players did so so well to to get to to the blackpool blackburn game um with just having to win that and stay up, you know. I mean, was there one thing that you that you kind of changed from pre-lockdown to post-lockdown? Because I'm kind of thinking that going into lockdown, our away form was really ordinary. But coming out of lockdown, I don't think we lost away from home, did we? And we actually picked up some, you know, some really good points. You know, the point at Leeds, the win at Swansea, obviously the other two wins that probably more important because they were against teams around us. Um, but was there one thing in particular that you did that changed the kind of mindset really away from home in particular? I think it was a mindset all over because they'd, without being, you know, without talking, being disrespectful to anyone, it, 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 there was times when Luton needed three to win a game and, and two to get a point and that happened quite often. So what we did was we tried to make sure that uh, um, if we scored one goal, that would get us something. And we always believe we're going to score a goal, um, regardless of one, two or whatever it is. But if we believe that if we could, uh, if, if, if we could score a goal and, and that get us enough and get us eight, at least a point, then we'd be on the right track. As it was, we kept some clean sheets away from home. You know, I, uh, I, 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 I think we conceded one goal, I think. Uh, I think it's correct in four games, um, collecting ten points, which is phenomenal. You know, when I look back, because I didn't really, I haven't really thought about that until now, and and it's phenomenal return, and and that become from from being organised, from working really hard, um, and and as I said, we managed to score in in every away game as well, which is which is you know really really important. It was a truly fantastic achievement, and uh, everyone involved deserves so much congratulations for. Uh, for that and um, building up to what's to come. Yeah, look, it's, it's, it, hopefully it'll be a different season now um, in terms of that they're, they're the year of, of of feeling the championship out, getting to know it. Um, it, it was tough, obviously it was tough with, with on Graham because he was coming into a really well-oiled machine and obviously wanted to, to do his fantastic coaching style because he's, he's a fantastic coach. So they struggled a little bit to find their feet. Then, then obviously, when they did find their feet, it enabled us to stay to stay in the division. Now, ambition, our ambitions are slightly, slightly bigger than that this year. And um, we've had a year of, of of getting to know it, a year to, to find our feet, as we as we said. But now we'd you know we we we'd like to to really be a, a, to start to establish ourselves as a championship club and a team, um, because that's what we believe uh, in in house that that we are. And we and we believe that for a long time. Obviously, going into this season, Nathan, we've had a much shortened pre-season. How has that affected preparations, training, and the like from a, a normal pre-season? I mean, the players have obviously come back fitter to begin with because they've had a, a much shortened break. But how have you found that this time round? It, it's been a good pre-season. It's been really positive pre-season, if I'm honest. And the only difference has been we haven't been able to go away. Um, it would really been really nice to go away, and it's not a jolly up. It's you know, it's so important when you when you manage to, to get away, especially go abroad. It, it really team bonds. You're you're able to there's nothing else to do apart from train really, and and I always like to to give them a little bit of a cultural experience to go somewhere where 
you know, if they wander into the town, they can they can they can sightsee, they can have a coffee, they can mingle with the local now and again, um, and we like to do that. But it, that's the only thing we haven't been able to do. Um, but we've been able to work here. We've got fantastic facility here at the Brace. We've we've planned our games, um, sort of really structurally, uh, and then done a lot of work. And then, as you said, because it hasn't been such a big gap, there what there, there wasn't the need to to you know really really uh, uh, massively have to improve their fitness. What we had to do was to get them the initial week back safely and without injury, and then kick it out, kick it on and crank it up. And we did that with the games as you can see from last week and we feel now we're ready and as far as the games are concerned we'll just touch on each one obviously the level of opposition very different to what you're facing the championship but it is important to get game time into those players and um you know it started at Birkenhampstead, hampstead didn't it a, a very comfortable nine nil win but good to see both danny and james getting hat tricks well it's a good run out look it's always nice to to do a local game because obviously it uh it's good to support the local clubs and 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 a lot of these clubs are are, are filled full of Luton fans, you know. So it's it's really good. One, still we can go there and help them out. Two, they can actually see at close hand the work we do because you know it was a, it was a good run out for Berkhamsted, albeit uh, um, a, a defeat. But they can see that the level that that obviously that, that we're at. So that's always always good. Um, but but it's just a good run out, structural run out. Just the first time you really get to practice certain things you've done, um, and if it was too intense, and you up against for me, you know, a side that that dominates you, for example, I, I feel you don't get the workout. So so that's why we build the opposition up, and it was a great it was a great start for us in, in on all levels, but and also nice to have the game. And next game up, um, tough for opposition, obviously league side Stevenage have uh, managed to survive in the League Two. Um, Harry just getting the single goal of the game there, but um, more demanding for your players. I'm actually, it was a really good game when I, when obviously during the game, it was a, a very competitive game. And, and afterwards, when I've looked it back, it was, it was a real, real good game for us. One, because there's always a competitive edge when we play Stevenage, regardless of what stage of the season or competition or whatever it is. So that I knew I'd get. Then obviously Alex has gone in at a new, got a new squad together, um, aided by by Lenny Lawrence, who we know well, and and Mark Mark Sampson. So we knew they'd be structurally very good, and they were, and they worked hard. They they, they were organised. They pressed. It was a really really good test for us, and 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 you only had to look at what they did to Portsmouth a week later to know that a one will win there, although not as fluent and as you know uh, grander as as everyone would have probably liked it was a real good good you know good win shows that we were in a good form kept another clean sheet limited them to, to very little used our structure and you know finally got the goal and we, we probably should have scored one maybe two more i mean luke berry had a great chance with great opportunities so so look it was it was a good real good game and we always like going to stevenage and the good people there you know phil wallace and I know Alex and, 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 and Leon Hunter. So it's good to have that affiliation and we were very pleased to take the game. And then, of course, Wilston up next and um, some good goals in that one, particularly for um, Jordan Clark. We'll come on to the new signings later, but uh, good for him to get on, on the mark with a, a cracking goal in a 3-0 win. Yeah, and it was a tough game. And obviously, you know, you go to non-league oppositions, slightly different pitches and so on and so forth. They uh, uh, come off the back of a very successful season. Um, so we knew it was going to be a real good test, and we again we wanted to we worked on certain things. So we wanted to test our structure again. Um, we believe without being disrupted, we were going to be 
dominant in possession uh, and that's the things we worked on you know we we, we did that and um and i thought we were excellent on the night it, the, the first half team especially in terms of the things we'd worked on implemented that um we created chances took our goals well and and i was really pleased and then we asked them you know to treat it properly and come out after half time and kind of get the next goal and, and we did that quite quickly which enabled it to to be a comfortable night in the end but a real real good run out for, for both sets of players and, uh, and and again it was it was a very good test for us and then finally, league opposition once again, and it was a second half performance that gave you a three 0 win at Northampton. Yeah, and again, I mean that was majorly tough. We we knew Northampton played similar to Barnsley um, in terms of out of possession, how they press, how they work, the chances they take. So that's why we wanted that test. So we did it, and it was it, it was it was a great preseason game because. Um, you only had to look what they did to Cardiff a week later in terms of beating Cardiff three 0 and um, to know that Northampton are going to be a side that there will be, will be a threat. Um, the way they play, they work so hard, they're very direct, they put pressure on you, they put balls in the box, they're a big team. And we had to handle that, and we know we're going to have to handle that. So it was a great, a great game, great preseason game. And one which, and unless you have a side that, that plays like that and, and have that DNA, that we wouldn't have got it because preseason at times can be a little bit false, but we think we've had a real realistic preseason, which sets us up nicely for the um, for the season coming. Um, and looking at overall then from preseason, obviously, I mean, I looked at the stats. Most players got about two games worth of, of football in them, which was obviously planned and used to prepare for. Overall, you're pleased with them, the time that you're able to give your squad and that they got sufficient game time to prepare them for the coming season. Ideally, we'd have liked last week to be a pre-season friendly. The season start like now, but so like we you know we we could have we could have probably done 75, 15, so people got a little bit more game time. But like, as it was, it turned into out into be a a game that we probably would have you know would have wanted a, a, either a Premier League opposition. Um, as it was, we've probably got the highest team, highest ranked team for the for the third time consecutively in the competition in the first game. So it, it was like a marquee friendly, if you like, you know, a real technical side, a side that came down from the Premier League, but has a wonderful style of play and it's very difficult to play against. So it was a great test for us. So we would have liked to, to probably have one more pre-season friendly, but was then the necessity because 22nd of July, I think it was, was the last game. To, to, the next game was 10th, 11th, 12th or whatever, 13th of of August, so it's not like there's been a six six week break and then a week. So it's like seven weeks without the game. We actually only went three weeks without a game. And continuing on talking about the Norwich game, I know a lot was made about them having um, so many players out, but they still had a strong side. Let's focus on the positives from the Luton perspective. You must have been really pleased with the performance and and the victory, of course. Of course, and any victory against Norwich is a good is a good result. And, and look, I, I know I know they played them in pre season last year. Um, and uh, it was a gauge for us, really. Albeit, you know, they, they, they had they had a few missing, but a lot of the side that played would would get in. Would, would the other side that played would be the starters? They missed a few key internationals. They did, you know, Cantwell and and Puki and uh, and things. But a lot of those are still playing. They're still a big squad. It's a Premier League squad that was playing in the Premier League last year. They've signed. Some added additions. So look, it was still a very strong side. So and again, 
practically didn't matter. We had to go out and compete against against whoever you know we were up against. Yeah, the league game will, I'm, I'm sure, be a different game. Um, but that was a, another great test, and we're very pleased. And as I said, to have won the game is is, is another positive. Certainly an all-round team performance, but it'd be wrong not to highlight James Shea making a couple of great saves at nil-nil, and then of course James Collins winning the match with a, a late hat trick. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I, they were they were they were saves that we'd expect James to make in terms of outside the box, distant shots. Um, the, the goal itself was was fantastic. He took it so early, so it, was, it surprised him. But everything else was pretty routine. We thought, you know, they, they didn't have any clear-cut chances, which was really positive. And then we uh, managed to score three. I mean, it was um, the third goal was excellently executed. It's a wonderful move for the second goal. It probably got um, it missed a little bit, but it's a wonderful move. We go from goalkeeper to to James. Um, uh, in 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 right throughout the team, and um, so he was really pleasing to, to one get the goals, but two the manner of them were very good as well, which was really pleased with, especially two of them, um, and uh, and even the, even the the first one we pressed really well, won it back, and then broke, and um, so it it, look, it shows we, we have a number of different facets which which we, which we do work on, you know. And then, of course, um, unusually, the draw for two rounds made a couple of days, a day later. Um, Reading away next, and then the potential tie uh, at home to Manchester United. Your thoughts on the fact that you you know your opponent should you get through, and the fact that it, it could be such a big game? Yeah, look, I, I'm not sure if it's, that's a good idea or not to do that. You know, in, whether it motivates certain players, it, it, it should to, to have an opportunity to play against Manchester United. Um, because we are getting closer to those games being being a regular, um, you know, a, a game against Norwich or a game against Watford years ago was was a mm-hmm. a, a real victory game. Um, but what we've uh, what we've got to a level is where where these games are becoming more normal. So I'm not saying the play Man United is normal yet, but we are getting closer. But it is a wonderful opportunity to test ourselves. But first of all. We have to go to Barnsley, and that's the the, the, the be all and end all. Secondly, we have to go to uh, we have to then go to Reading and, uh, and and get a result there before we can even think of uh, of facing Manu. It's fantastic that we're talking in uh, sort of terms of these kind of sides that we're aiming to uh, make them a more regular uh, fixture. I must admit, um, Nathan, you brought four players in in preseason, one of which we already know all about. So we won't focus so much on James Bree, having seen him all of last season. Other than he's obviously going to be compared to Jack Stacey, isn't he, as a kind as the kind of man who's replaced him full time in that position. Do you see lots of similarities between the two? Yeah, very much so. And that's why we wanted we were so keen to get him back. I mean, I, I gotta be honest with you, when I when I watched him before I came in, um I, I, I didn't envisage and without being disrespectful to James, because I, I've told him this. I, I didn't envision just going really all out to get him permanently because I felt that he, he could have been better pre-lock, pre-lockdown in those games. Not pre, just pre-lockdown, I mean, I mean throughout the season, but he was at the new club and, and so on. And then when he came in for me, he was magnificent. And I knew from pretty much day one or two that oh, something different about him, the way he moved, um, the technique he has. And, uh, and I really, really enjoyed my time with him. You know, obviously we had decisions to make straight away who we were going to keep um, and, and who we were going to extend the contract 
and, and he was someone I definitely wanted to when I spoke to him about it because he really did uh, excite me when I saw him. Now, he did fantastically well in the games and as did everyone, we, you know, we remained in, in the division. And as soon as the final whistle went, I, I spoke to him and said, I, I would like to make this permanent. I would like to get you back. He, he was positive about that conversation. So then we went about trying to get him back and uh, and it was a massive coup for the club. And I, I thank the board for doing that because it, it was a position we really, really do think is important. And then on the other side of, uh, of the defence to um, James, you've brought a season-long loan in, Reese Norrington-Davies. You've actually strengthened the Welsh contingent down at the Brescia, I, uh, I notice in this... Uh, in this pre-season. Uh, talk to us about Reese, And also, I, I understand you wanted, wanted him permanently as well, but that just couldn't quite happen. We always want them permanent. We never like taking loans. We had a policy here. Um, it's, it's obviously, especially when I came in, we had a policy and myself and, and Gary spoke about um, always wanting to develop our own. One, from within the academy and two, from ones that we, we get made better and then add value to and that was always always been our our mantra really and we've managed to do that pretty much all the time um any loans we take there has to be an element of us being able to take them permanent because we took glenn ray and sheehan first of all on loan then made them permanent the next loan we we, we took was that uh, was george grant um that we tried to get we spent a month trying to do it permanently but it it was beyond us at the time so we we ended up doing it on loan, and then and then obviously Union O'Kane. Okay but um, so we don't like taking loans, but if it means that we can significantly improve the team and the squad, then we will do it. But we always have one eye on the fact that we are developing them, and hopefully we are developing them for us. So, the tra- <coughs> excuse me, the traits of Reese. What what do you see in him that you like in that position? Uh, athletic, front-footed, wants to get forward. Um, naturally left-footed, um, you know, young, hungry, wants to do well, and and those are the, the, it, it fits in with with all our principles. You know, um, I watched him so many times when I left. Uh, well, prior to me leaving my previous club, and then obviously afterwards, I had a lot of time to go watch games, and I I, I knew positions I knew were vital. Um, at whatever club I was going to be at, and and, and I went and, and looked at, at at the best ones, and he was was right up there for me, and I really really liked. I, I'm really glad that we we've had the opportunity to bring him to the club. Uh, two more signings that you've made, um, one of which we've already seen, Jordan Clark. I mean, obviously, as fans, we kind of see players leave and players come, and you immediately think, you know, one's replaced another. Is it simply a case that Jordan's replaced Izzy? Or Callum, or, or 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 are we looking at a different player in Jordan to those two? Yeah, similarities with Callum McManaman, and my Callum McManaman was was really unlucky to to move on from me. I thought he did really well. He was a great lad to have around. It's just we needed to freshen the squad, so um, we needed to, stri- to trim the squad, and then what we wanted was was competition for Harry on that side, and uh, and someone that that is different. So Harry's very direct and pace. Jordan's a real clever footballer, has always done well when he was at Akron and we really liked him. Um, you know, it was high on our data in terms of what we've seen. Then obviously we knew him, we knew what type of character he, he was. He's good friends with Matty Pearson. So we, when the opportunity came for us to add him, 
we, we we didn't want to miss that opportunity and from the moment i met him that really swung it as, as well you know because he's uh, just a, just a great just he is he is what luton have been built on you know lads that want an opportunity he believes you know he's turned down so many offers from league one because he wanted an an opportunity in the championship because he believes his championship quality and I believe it wholeheartedly and he will demonstrate that for us because um, great lad, good athlete, worker, humble, technically very, very good, understands things, really excited. I'm really excited about him to be honest with you. I saw a stat on Twitter um, not long after you signed him that he was something like the fourth highest chance creator in league in the league last season, um, so we've already seen evidence of that, haven't we? With um, the cameo that he showed against Norwich, so uh, I'm sure he's one that's sort of going to get us fans off on the edge of our seat. Well, I hope so because if he has three in fifteen minutes, if that's his average, then um, three assists in fifteen minutes, then then we're on for an absolute winner. And uh, um, but no, look, he's he's done superbly well, fitted in really well, which I knew he would. Um, because you you'd really need to be a, a strange character not to fit in with this group, um, and we've had one or two, uh, but no, we're, we're delighted to have him. And one signing that we've not yet seen uh, because he was away on international duty last week, ironically keeping Timu Puki quiet in one of those games, is um, Tom Lockyer, um, defender. I believe you've been interested in him for a long, long while. Um, finally got your man now what traits are we getting here and is he the um, Cameron Carter Vickers replacement well it was it's difficult to replace Cameron because of he's a he's kind of unique defender with athleticism and so on so if we couldn't um, uh, uh, get Cameron back we, we, we what we wanted to do was was to add we wanted to strengthen that area and look it's not being disrespectful of anyone we'd have loved to have brought Cameron back because we knew what he did for us you know, having someone in the building and knowing what he did. So when that became evident that, that was not going to be possible, then he was not our number one target. Um, you know, he fitted into a lot we wanted to do. He's very committed, great lad. He's Welsh international. Um, he's growing. He's come, you know, up with Bristol Rovers in terms of started at Cardiff. Um, came up through Bristol Rovers through promotions. Was, you know, arguably there the best player, if, if you like, without being disrespectful to anyone. And then had a fantastic season. And we, and we watched him last year in, in the championship because it's, it's, it, it, you know, when you're a commit, real committed defender, defends well in league one, you know, he, he, that's where he, he became like, come on a radar, but you really, really get tested at championship level movement technique. You know, it's any mistakes get punished, which don't at the other levels. Again, in the greatest respect, so we watched him and he had, he had a very, very good season for Charlton. So the opportunity came available um, to sign him and, and we took it. And look, it was done quite quickly once once we we knew that he was a possibility. And these players, they're all 25 years old or younger, aren't they? So these are these are players that are going to be at the club for a while, hopefully improving with the club and, and going on the journey with us. Of course, but that's recruitment. You know, we've... The thing about it, we've, we've got a couple now in in the absolutely nowhere near the end, but in terms of the upper end of of twenties and one or two creeping into the thirties. So it's in it's important that we we make sure that we have 
some coming through and some of the at, at, at the younger age groups so that we have a good balance because you need the balance you need young fresh hungry ones that really want an opportunity and, and don't know the environment yet so want to want to ruffle it a little bit and then we have the ones that have been here and the things with the ones who've been here you know people like Shinny and, and Danny Hilton and James Collins and Barry and, and things they've they joined us I'm not talking about Pelly because Pelly's been here since day one but those came in and then you know we've we've gone through two leagues uh, since they've come in um so they are here and 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 really the opportunity to do well at this level because one they got us here but the chat i had with them when we brought them in was mm-hmm. of your contract you will be you will be a championship player if you come and sign for us so we um uh, that's why we that, that's why we, we did it and we're very proud of them that's why we wanted to renew the five that were out of contract because they earned the opportunity to have a real good crack at the championship because we we believe they're good enough we know they're good enough uh, and they've demonstrated that absolutely they have yeah um i know the transfer window still open um as we go into the season can we expect any more sort of ins or outs um look there's 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 one or two that that you know, um, may 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 go, may need to go and get game time elsewhere, and I don't envisage us doing masses amount of, of work. But if we can, uh, maybe just freshen up or add a little bit more quality, then then that would be good. Uh, it's not desperate that we do that because we're in a real good place. But we are working and trying to to just improve it, give us a little bit more more impetus. Um, uh, and we've identified certain people that we're, we're speaking to. So if that's possible, then that will do. But it won't be masses amount of business. It's just now because we don't want big numbers. We have a real good, settled, competitive, hungry squad. And we're looking forward to that. Looking forward to the season, obviously the opener at Barnsley in the Championship, Nathan. And it's a case of trying to progress from last year and not putting us through the, uh, the nail-biting end into the season this time round. Yeah, look, we, we would like to be in a position where where we've improved. You know, we've had a, you know, it's a tough first year, and it, it was always going to be to be tough because of of the step up, and it is a big step up. But once they got to grips with everything, they proved that they they're a championship group, and we've added quality. So that should only rubber stamp the fact we've got good continuity. The group's been here together. We've not had to you know, to, to really ruffle it too much in terms of we've added people that were here previous. We've renewed those who did well for us. Um, and then we've added a little bit of impetus and hopefully a little bit more after that. So, so to be honest with you, it's we're in a decent place now. Yeah, if, if, if I do good work, which we believe we do, and the players buy into that and we learn the lessons from last year, then there's no reason why we can't be in a significantly better position than we were last year, which is what we want to do. Is there a points target at the end of your season in your mind now, or is it more looking at a small group of games for the for the points that you want to get from those games as you go along? No, look, there's no points target because why set a points target where, what would that be? You know, if, if you set a really high one that might seem unrealistic, um, or you set a low one that you might surpass. So what we want to do is we'll gauge it. Now we want to start well. Um, we, we don't want to be near the bottom three. 
Um, so, you know, after 10 games, we hope that we're not. So that's the first gauge that we will look at. Um, and then it'll be constantly evaluated as as we go along. Now, you know, realistically, we'll, we'll aim to, to try and get in the playoffs. But whether that's achievable or whether that's going to be achievable, only time will tell. But we don't set those sights not right now on saying, right, we just want to be 14th. Because that, that's not the case. Because with slight, slight tweaks last year, that would that that could have been achievable last year. So we'll see how we go. A lot can happen in a championship season. It's the most relentless league. For me, it's the fifth, sixth best league in the world, um, and we're in it, which is a great great thing for us, considering where we've come from in a short space of time. So we're gonna we're gonna go at it. We're gonna go after it. We're gonna um, take what we learned last year. Hopefully, uh, we've improved already and then try and get as many points as, as we can. And then at the end of the year, we'll, we'll see where that's taken us. And if that's taken us to, to 17th or 10th or 8th or 6th, then brilliant. Obviously, points at Kenilworth Road weren't as many as perhaps would have been hoped for in the, in the last few games last season. Behind closed doors, attendances. Kenilworth Road, you know, the, the fans being there, the support that you get really does make a difference to the team. We're looking at that being the case for probably a little while now, aren't we? Is there anything you can do to try and change things to for, for this going forwards when it's a bit more of a reality now? Well, we, we kind of have, and, and we saw sort of fruition of that on the weekend. Um, it's look, in, in, it, to win games. I mean, I, I don't care how I get the points. You know, last year, if we reversed the points and we had got um, two points, uh, well, two and a half points a game um, at home, and, and 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 probably one point a game uh, away, then everyone would have said, "Oh, brilliant! Absolutely, that's running." So, but what we did, we, we you know we got ten points from four games in, in the in the away games, um, which is a real good goal. So I don't really care how we get them, but when you take the fans out of out of the Kenny, it, it is like a vacuum. So you do suck a lot of the life out of the place because, uh, as in any place, but I think. We were one of the hardest hits, and I, I, I'm biased when I say that, but someone like Leeds would have been hit, but us as well would have been hit because it, it's such an intimidating place, you know, over 10,000 there, it's right on top of you. Um, and and we've, you know, we've had a phenomenal uh, home record. Um, since, okay. since I've been here, the home record has been outstanding. And, and we did miss that a little bit, but we managed to, to get, you know, we managed to back... The home draws up with away wins, which, as long as you get near two points a game, then we knew we were going to be safe. And as far as the fixtures are concerned, obviously there's one or two big games that the fans, albeit not going to be able to attend one of them, are looking forward to against local rivals. For yourself personally involved in in that battle, but also any other fixtures that you're particularly looking ahead to? I would see you looking ahead at them because you, I said, look, you, the first game of the season you got. You know, Barnsley, which is a really, really tough game, and then we're home to Derby. But just you naming those, then Watford, you know, we, we've got and, uh, and and things, and you name these, you know, these these sides, and you think, well, you know, that's what we wanted when we came in. That's in the in the short and medium term. That's what we wanted. It's great that we're competing against those. It'd be lovely to have a game against Wickham again. Uh, you know, it, it, which is the ironic because they've been on a, a similar pathway to us. 
um, and, and Gareth's done magnificent there. So there's, there's a lot of games that you do look for. My old, you know, my ex-club Stoke will be a will be a good one. I hope there's fans back for those games. But but they're all big games. They're all great games. You know, we played Bournemouth, who you know last year you went to as, as as a cup game. Now it's a level part, and that's a great thing to look at where we've come from because that's what we said without being disrespectful. We we went into that into the Huddersfield and the Hull games and said your destiny's now in you know in your own hands. You can you win these games, you you you'll end up staying up, and it's where you want to go. You know, without being disrespectful, do you want to go to Rochdale? Do you want to go to Pride Park? You know, do you want to go to to, to Watford? Do you want to go to Accrington? And again, without being the greatest of respect to these clubs, we've we've been to those places and had to fight and scrap to get these opportunities and this is the great thing about the championship we've got these opportunities now to compete because we believe we're good enough and we believe that the club well the club has been good enough in the past and now it's showing that it is it's back on that on that level and that's what we're really proud of with, uh, hi um i i just wanted to ask you um you spent a little bit of time away from the club and you're at the helm of uh, an ex-premiership club. Um, what have you learned from that experience? How has it improved you as a manager? And uh, how are Luton going to benefit from that? Well, I think Luton have already in terms of, because I think to get results at championship level, um, you know, have to be tactically really aware. And, and I, I, my, at Stoke, I, I had a squad that, that was massively underachieving part of that would have been my fault part of that would have been the previous manager the previous manager before that and and so on but i learned a lot about managing a football club and managing a, a a football club with different issues to the ones that i had at at stoke at uh, at luton um and i managed different characters compared to what i i had signed at at luton so i'm more rounded now i'm i'm uh, I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot of tactically. Um, I learned a lot about the league we're in, even though I knew that was probably the league I spent most of my coaching career in the championship. Um, so yeah, I've learned a lot. And I think Luton have already benefited from that because I was, I wouldn't say I was arrogant. I would say I was very confident in the work that we did. I was very confident in the system that I played. I was very confident in, in how I could get players to play for, for the certain team. And then I didn't quite do that at Stoke. So it grounded me slightly, but not an arrogance level, but confidence level. And then I had to go back to basics and, and, and redo the things I needed to do. And then the good thing about coming back to Luton was the group is amazing. So I know where I'm going to get. So if I ask them to do anything, they will believe that that's the right thing to do and they will carry it out and they will, will ask questions. But they will, if I ask them to do something, they will do it. And that's, the great thing about the group and, and, and that's what I really, really missed about the day-to-day -day work. That, that's great. And uh, I wanted to also ask, um, are you and the squad um, fully aware of how important the third game is to us as supporters? I think it'd be crazy not to. I knew it um, when I was here, actually. I, I, when I was here as a player, I obviously knew about it. And, and it's been a while since, um, I think... 1995 was was when Luton went. I, I'm not sure if you've had many games since 
in terms of league games uh, and, and 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 so on. So it is. It's it's massive, but it's a real good gauge because regardless of the feeling between the two clubs, Watford have done quite well in recent years. They've become a Premier League side, and I, I remember the year they got promoted. I was at Brighton and they had a real good side with a lot of attacking threat: Igalu and Forestieri and, and Vidra. Um, and then now, and we at the time were were like a League Two side. I think Conference side at the time, even, and they came up uh, into the League Two. So, so the, the gap was was so big between the two clubs. And now we've managed to narrow that, and that's the great thing. Yet financially, they're in a slightly better position than, than where we probably are, but we're on a level playing field now with same league. And and that's the great thing, and that's the journey we've been on, um, and and our journey is you know is, is nowhere near complete. I just want to finish, uh, Nathan. Whilst we've whilst we've got you here, we've obviously spoken a lot in this chat about sort of the journey, the pathway, and everything. Just a sort of quick chat about the academy, really. I mean, one of the good things about having you back is you have obviously given professional debuts to a lot of players already in your first spell at the club who have already gone on to do bigger and better things. I mean, obviously, JJ gets all of the sort of coverage of that, but there are, the, you know, there are plenty of others, Arthur Reid, who I, who I know has gone on a season-long loan today, uh, and others. How important is the is the academy in the long-term future? And can we... Are, are we at a level where the academy can still continue to bring players through into championship football? Or, or, do, or do we need to kind of do they need to even themselves up a little bit I mean obviously you've played some young players in pre-season which is fantastic to see but you know there's pressures in the championship isn't there is, is that going to stop you from bringing those young players through no 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 and um, the, the thing it's a, it's a great question and, and I can answer it and it, it might so there's a lot of explanation around it I believe in young players I, I always have in terms of um they respond as long as your work's good. Young players respond. You can mould them, and you can get them to a level, providing they have a base layer of ability and they they, they, they work hard and so on. You can, you can mould them into something that that is is workable. Now, um, I've always done it. You know, we we when we were at Yeovil, and I was assistant manager at Yeovil. Myself and the manager took young players like Andros Townsend, like Ryan Mason, Stephen Corker, Alex McCarthy, who all made their league debuts for Yeovil at 16, 17, 18. We took real gambles on it. Then all went to play for it. All went play on to play for England. Then academies are so important. The clubs I've been at, Charlton, I was that, which with Paul Hart, for example, and that was probably a big reason why Charlton have actually survived because, you know, the academy produced so many players that were rolling out. In the end, they got sold. They got into the first team, then got sold, or some even got sold before they got into the first team. And that really did sort of help the club to move forward. Um, my belief in in, in in an academy is is that you have to give them opportunity. You have to do the work with them. But if, if talent and opportunity meet, then that's when you can do real good things. Now, with our academy, um, so on, we they've because we've we've produced players, we've given them opportunity. And the thing about an academy is, you, you the first thing you have to do is try to produce players for your first team. If for some reason they don't get into your first team, then you have to prepare them for life in football so that they get a career in football. So. At, at some clubs, people move quicker than the team and 
and they and, and they get sold. Others, the team moves quicker than than the players, and and they they move on for other le- reasons. But we, we we've given them an education. So, for example, here, you know, we there were a lot of impatient ones that, that wanted to play in the first team, but weren't ready to play in the first team. We couldn't. We'd given them a taste. They felt that that we were, you know, that 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 they wanted to be regulars, but we were trying to win leagues. We were trying to get promoted while still developing young people and so on. So we moved slightly quicker than what they were keeping pace. But what we did was give them education, give them opportunities, and now they're earning a living elsewhere. Others that got into the first team that were from the academy or got developed or, or we bought and, and developed, go, it moved slightly quicker than us. We... We shake their hand, we pick the best club for them, advise them on the next move, and they go and do good things. And, and that's the, the thing. Now here, we have an academy that just started to get an under-23 team now. We want to go cat two. And all the time, the club is moving forward. So the academy, the players, have to keep pace with, with the first team. At the minute, we're not quite moving that we were from League Two to League One. Now we we haven't plateaued, but now we're still moving forward. But the margins are so different now because it's Championship. So everyone has to step up. It's quite a long-winded answer, but it's so important. The academy, we 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 believe in it. We 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 want to enhance it. We want to give young players opportunities, but they now have to step up as well because the margins are so different now. We're not beating teams five six nil now and are able to put a young lad on to give him opportunities. We haven't got the checker trade thing now where we can afford to, to play a blend of both and really push the development on. Now, you know, our, our secondary convers- uh, competition, if you like, is the Carrot Cup, which shows where we've come from. But, you know, that, that's that, that's where we are. But, no, look, we, we really want to develop our own players. Um and, and we want to give them an opportunity, but they have to make sure that they're ready and able to do that. And there was a lot of talk in lockdown, wasn't there, uh, about you know the um, need for that um, category two for the academy. A lot of fans don't really know the ins and outs of academy football. So is it a significant difference to go to category two from where we are now? And would that make the pathway that much smoother? Well, what it does, it adds the real game games program um, against other category two sides, where the best ones for the under 18s and the ones in your 23 groups with one or two of the first team squad can 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 it can get game time, and that's a real good thing. Plus, if you are category two and, and with the facilities and what you have, it's it's far easier to compete with Tottenham, Arsenal, and so on, and in, in a lot of cases, we are more attractive than those because it's interesting to see how many, you know, uh, academy graduates get through and get into the first team and play regularly. It's happening a lot more now. It really is, especially with, you know, Arsenal and, 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 and Tottenham have had a few, Arsenal have had a, quite a few lately. But that's what we, 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 we sort of preach here. So it is important because on, on a number of levels, one, to take the club forward, two, to attract players and to keep those players, three, the games program will enhance those players and give us another group so that we're able to invest a little bit more time in in players that are coming through. So, so yeah, it is vital. And just sort of a final one, just on the academy football as a whole, it's the kind of COVID situation and the sort of financial sort of struggles that clubs are going to go through. Is that going to sort of 
force clubs to go back to their academies and bring bring them through sort of quicker or as a kind of more of a purpose than maybe pre-COVID? I, I think it, it, it you know, it, it'll it aid the fact that clubs will have to be reliant because one, finances are not so vast. Um, two, under 23s don't quite count in terms of the budget and so on. So before. And with the sheer finances, you know, to, to, to people will have to be given opportunities. Um, you know, now with if, if you you've only can afford sixteen to eighteen players, one or two picks up an injury, you are forced to play a younger one. Or because I never understand managers that, that put four or five subs on the bench, just put four or five subs to make a point that they are decimated. I, I would always put a young one on the on the, but you, you see some people put three or four. And a lot of them have different agendas, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, but I never understood that because if if you've got a space on the bench, then rather than not fill it, give a young person an opportunity, and there might be an opportunity in that game to give those game time, which is invaluable, you know. Um, so so yeah, look, it it COVID may have an effect on the amount of academy uh, players that that get into first teams and and play games. And if that is the case, and they are good enough to do that and not get an in through default, then it's it's the world's a better place. Absolutely, yeah. And, uh, here's hoping that we continue to see a fantastic production line for our own academy. I'm sure we will do whilst you're in charge. Nathan, we've taken up an awful lot of your time, which we really, really thank you for. We're well aware of how close it is to the start of the season. Uh, just before we let you go, we just want to thank you for your time. Wish you all the best for the season. Obviously, unfortunately, we're not going to be right behind you in person for the first few games, but we will certainly all be there in spirit and we wish you the very best in achieving those aims that you outlined for us earlier this evening. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure. That was quite an in-depth uh, conversation with Nathan. Again, we thank him for um, giving up his time. There was a lot of good things that came from that, actually, Simon. Not least, we ain't in this championship to be making up the numbers. No, that's right. I mean, Nathan's always been a good talker and a uh, good understanding um, and, yeah, very positive, um, looking to progress this season and develop, you know, and um, and, and work on becoming a, an, an established championship side and, you know, not looking at the bottom end of the table. He wants us to be pushing on onwards and upwards. And it's great to see that positivity. And I think, you know, that, that will, as we saw for the back end of last season, that will go into the players and give them the momentum. I mean, there, was, there was a lot of games early part of last season where we, only, we were only conceding, you know, one more than we'd scored. And if we can turn that around and we can get some results on the board early days, then um, early on, then, you know, we, there really is a, a good momentum building then. Um, and fingers crossed we can do that. And as he said in that interview, you know, you're looking at being away from the bottom three after the first 10 games. When he said the words playoffs, I was like a cartoon character. My eyes just suddenly like tripled in size. I was like, hang on, playoffs, playoffs. Well, as he said, you know, that that could be a realistic aim. It's whether it's an achievable aim. You know, he's wanting to set a, a marker. He said he wasn't looking at a points um, target or anything, but he's, he's wanting to set a marker of where he believes we can aim towards, um, you know, and you, you set that and see what happens, don't you? I mean, this... You know, it's it could be a funny old league next season. You know, these behind closed doors games, we're going to see some strange results as we did the back end of last season. Um, and if we can just get used to playing at an empty Kenilworth Road and, as we said in there, picking up the points that 
you know, you, it doesn't matter how you get the points, but you'd have expected more at home and less away in those last nine games. And it, it wasn't to be that. But we can also take advantage of going to some big grounds when it's empty and, you know, hopefully pick up some points there. But it's, it's going to be an unusual season, of course. Um, but it's one where it, if we can go into it positive and we can keep that momentum, then there's no re- reason that uh, we don't need to worry about looking over our shoulders. James, playoffs, realistic, ambitious? Where would it come under for you? Well, I mean, Nathan's um, really only got the final nine games that he was in charge of looting for, and that the form that they showed there was playoff form, or just outside it, I think. Um, so why not? Um, I think it... I mean, they have to be looking to try and... Um, not run it so close uh, towards the end of the season in terms of a relegation battle. And if you can steer clear of that, um, more the better. I mean, if, and if they can pick up a load of results to start with, it really sets a good foundation for for the season. Um, you know, I was thinking earlier about where where would I be happy them finishing, and it would still be one place above relegation for me. But I think realistically there's a chance to um, do a lot better you know considering uh, a lot of the teams a lot of the star men in um, many of the championship teams have been poached they've gone elsewhere so uh, you know they they might have replaced them of course but um, I think it probably um, hints at a little bit more of a levelling up of the playing field the big boys are still going to have the the lion's share of it, you know, you know, your Norwich, and you'd expect Brentford to still be up there, even though they sold Ollie Watkins in a week. Um, but you know, as we saw in the, those nine games, and like like Simon says, without crowds in there to influence um, performances and results, then why not? Why why can't they uh, get up a bit higher and, and see where they're going? Obviously, with the team spirit they've got they've not had that much of a break um, that special alchemy that you mentioned at the beginning that that seems to follow Nathan and Luton uh, yeah I, I wouldn't be surprised Tony where um, whereabouts can we aim for this season and where are you happy with us finishing this season um, I, I think as long as we show some progression, um, you know, mid-table would do me, as, as uh, people have already said, it would make a change to have a boring season. Um, I, I think we can we can steer clear of a relegation fight, but I, I think, although in the last nine games of the season, we, as James said, we did show playoff form, I think that might be a, a, a bit too much at the moment but as long as we show steady progression um, and uh, improve then I think we'll be all right we're heading in the right direction Um, but again having said that I mean um, they might surprise us I mean nobody expected us to go straight through League One did they but um, no for me I'd I'd be expecting the mid-table finish yeah, I'll ask the same questions to you, Simon. I mean, um, is there a ceiling that we can get to at the minute, or or, uh, or or is anything possible? And sort of, what's a what's a good season when we look back on this in what would what would it be eight months time? Where well, where would you be happy to just finish? 
I think anything is possible. You've only got to look at um, Leicester winning the Premier League that year to see that, you know, dreams are there and strange things can happen in football. The unexpected can happen. Um, so, you know, where Luton finish in the championship, you know, of course, I'd be happy with anything that doesn't mean we get relegated, but that doesn't mean that I want to go through the, the worry that we had towards the end of the last season. I, I think we can be a side that can be in a comfortable position. We're capable of being a side that can be in a comfortable position throughout the season. Um, and I just think it's a case of now progressing. It's going to, as I said earlier, it's going to be a very strange season this year with, um, you know, a lot of games are going to be behind closed doors to get us started. Um, I think it's key that we, I don't necessarily hit the ground running, but that we don't disappoint early on um, so that we can actually start to build the momentum and, you know, be involved in the pack rather than having to try and climb into it. Um, you know, the, the start of the season, there's so much, I mean, I think Charlton, was it last year, started the season really strongly and then just fell away, didn't they? And, and dropped down. So we don't want that either. And I don't think, we're the sort of squad that would do that. Um, so where we finish, if it's in the championship for 21-22 season, that's great. Um, if we can show bigger championship clubs what we're capable of and upset a few, then uh, great. So be it. Um, let's look forward to it. If, if football's coming back, um, we're in the championship and let's enjoy it to the best that we can under current circumstances. Yeah, we certainly don't want to start the season slowly, given who we've got in the third game. That is um, that is absolutely for sure. James, if we are going to achieve everything that we can achieve this season, who are you seeing as the key players? I mean, obviously, last night, Peli Radokampanzu was um, crowned the player of the season for last season. Are you expecting him to be the benchmark again this season? Or, or are there other players that may stand out more? I mean, based on the fact that he was um, probably the best outfield player for Luton on Saturday against Norwich, I thought, um, until, uh, I guess, until Jordan Clark's coming here. But if you're talking the whole game, then, you know, he was at it. He was um, all over the pitch, putting tackles in, starting things off, you know, the best version of Pelly. And it usually takes quite a while for him to warm into the season. So that is um, a good thing. But uh, I, you know, we, I talked about Cameron Carter-Vickers as a major reason why Luton um, stayed in the division last season. But I think you've also got to add in the fact that Glenn Ray came back. You know, yeah, he came back sort of turn of the year, uh, just getting into it. Um, but he'd been out for a long time. You're, you're, you're getting Glenn Ray in peak form, I think, now. And hopefully you've got him for the whole season. Um, I think he was a major, major influence. Um, James Collins is off to a three-goal start to the season already. That's got to be good for him. But I like the I like the link up that he had with Clark. Um, you know, I, I think I remember like similar time last season. I was saying there could be something between Callum McManaman and uh, Collins, and then McManaman just got injured and was rarely seen. So um, if uh, if Clark can stay in the team and um, have those sorts of impacts, whether he starts or not, I don't know. He might not uh, for, for for the first few games, and but if he can if he can make that impact like he has, then um, finally I think uh, the the team, the club have have addressed the supply line to Collins because a lot of the time last season under Graham Jones he was asked to do 
something that is not James Collins. He'll do it and he'll run around and he'll defend and he'll drop deep and he'll run the channels. But James Collins is one thing and that is a, is a goal scorer. And uh, if you stick him in the right area, he'll put it in the net. But you've got to get service to him. Um, and so that is uh, as a, it's a good move, I think, from Luton. And considering that Jordan Clark was one of the highest um, assistees in English football, top four divisions, he was up there with Kevin De Bruyne, wasn't he? So that is um, there's some some statistics that they can go off. I think that's going to be a good um, uh, a good move for Luton. And I think another season um, in England and another season of the champion for Simon Sluger is going to do the world of good. He was wonderful at the, uh, the end of last season. He got better and better after he came back, really, after he'd had the calamitous opening half of the season. He just got better. Um, so I think he'll, he'll get stronger as well. Yeah, we didn't do too badly the last time James Collins scored a hat-trick on the opening day of the season, did we? So, um, you know, there's sort of form to go by there. Tony, James has mentioned Simon Saluga there, who I think we're all expecting to be one of the more improved players of the season coming up. But actually, he might have his work cut out, or, he'll, or rather he'll need to be at a decent level, because as Simon referenced uh, in the chat with Nathan uh, a short while ago, James Shea made some really good saves on Saturday. Mm. Yeah, but, you know, that's what you want. You want two keepers that are, are performing at the top of their game at the moment. Um, I think Shea did enough um, to show he's still competent between the sticks. But whether he's... It was difficult because um, Norwich didn't really test him as much as you thought he would. I mean, he was up to it and he made some good saves, but um, Luton did a fairly good job of keeping them out. Um, but to be honest, I, I, I am expecting Sluger to go back in for, for Saturday, um, purely because of the, the level that he is supposedly at, being a, an international player. Um, but, you know, I, I think if he continues to improve as he's shown throughout last season, considering the start he, he had. Um, I think we've got two very good goalkeepers on our books. And the third one coming through as well. Yeah, we certainly have. So who do you see as the key players for this um, upcoming season? Um, I think Glenn Ray, probably Lockyer as well. Um, and Collins. You know, uh, as has already been said, you know, it, it, now he's he got somebody that can uh, supply him and he hasn't got to drop back and look for the ball or, or go wide. He can operate in the channel, and in, in the centre, and, and that's where he's best. Um, I think uh, there, there, there could be any of them. I mean, we, we've got some good ball-playing players. I, I, I'd like to see Bree continue in the vein he, he did. At the back end of last season, I have high hopes for uh, Norrington Davies and uh, you know other players. I mean, I, I'm Pelly again. He's one of those players that stepped up a level every time the club has stepped up. Um, and as James said, if he started at a good level on Saturday, so hopefully he can keep that coming through. And and, and I th it, it's been great to see Luke Berry back in the team because. I think Luke Berry gives us something else. And uh, I think he's very, very 
underrated Luke Berry. Um, we, we certainly look uh, more potent with Berry because you look, he, he was unlucky that that shot wasn't given as a goal. It was purely because the referee blew for the penalty before he hit it. But um, no, I, I, I think um, hopefully as a team, they can all step up. Um, but in the main, the, the one I think probably uh, will, will be Pelly. Simon, there could be some selection headaches for uh, Nathan as the season goes on because he's got plenty of options in those attacking areas, isn't he? I mean, we haven't mentioned Kazenga Andrew Shinney, George Monker, Danny Hilton, uh, or even Harry Cornick much so far in this podcast. Um, you know, it's all been James Collins, Jordan Clark. I mean, Elliot Lee's another one we've not mentioned. There's a, there's a wealth of talent in those areas. Yeah, certainly that's the... Um... You know, the, the headaches that the managers want, isn't it? Players on form and who do they pick? We've already mentioned there, you know, between the two goalkeepers, Shea was superb on Saturday, but um, Sluger is potentially the, the number one at the club at the moment. Um, the defence, you're probably at the moment because of injuries, you could probably pick certainly the full-backs and then the two centre-backs is, is from three, really, isn't it? Um, you know, you've talked about Glenn Ray being at the base of the... A midfield holding position. You've got Martin Craney that can play at right back or in that defensive midfield role if you want somebody alongside um, Ray, depending on what you're doing with Pelly. Um, yeah, there's lots of options we talked about um, in the press conference with Nathan about the formations that, you know, the diamond was very effective in League One and Two because, as Nathan said, we were the best teams in, that, in those divisions uh, for football and the like. And now we've got to change the way we play up against stronger opposition and it looks more like it's going to be, you know, the 4-2-3-1 stroke 4-3-3 formation, however you want to call it and how people talk about it with, with the wide men um, and Colo through the centre. Um, you know, that seems to be, um, you know, what we've seen a lot of in pre-season and what we saw at the back end of last season. So the options that he's got, he's got to make decisions and it's great that we've got a squad of players where you think, well, actually, as he's commented before, changing one around doesn't weaken the side. Um, you know, so if they're on the bench and they come on as game changers, you're keeping the same strength in depth that you started the game with. And that really is key. Um, you know, there's going to be some sides that will, will struggle to, to replace somebody in a position with, a, with another player who's, who's as good. Yeah, yeah. Um, as we've said, the squad, uh, the squad really does look quite good. Uh, James, let's... Um, broaden it out a little bit to the championship as a whole. Um, I'm sure you'll, you will be asked in the coming days to give your thoughts on the championship in, 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 in other places. Does it feel a weaker league this season with Leeds and West Brom and Fulham out of it? The three that come down don't feel as strong as, as, as those three, albeit that's probably because we've seen those three that went up at close hand. We haven't seen the three that come down really, have we? Well, you... I'd have you'd have to say yes in the case of say Bournemouth because they have lost um, Ryan Fraser and Callum Wilson to uh, Newcastle, so there's a hell of a lot of their attacking and goal threat, um, uh, and they've changed their manager as well. So they've got a new a manager who's yeah he's been at the club as the number two for a long time, but. Um, We've seen that that doesn't always work out, and they've also got another bloke on their coaching staff who we're familiar with as well. So, 
Um, I mean, Brit, Bournemouth getting into the Premier League in the first place was was um, Roy Rover stuff anyway, wasn't it? I know that they're backed by a billionaire and stuff, but they were in the same situation, albeit with less points, as Luton in 2009. Um, and because they had less points, they survived. And then they went up the leagues and got in the Premier League. So I think it's always going to be a case with Bournemouth. In years gone by, when money wasn't such a big factor, that if if they came out of the Premier League, then they might find it hard to get back in. I don't think they'd quite have the clout to get massive players in if they don't do something before the parachute money runs out. Um, but yeah, with the other two, and certainly one of them, I, I think everybody... Think very carefully <laughs> where you go with the other one. <laughs> I think everybody's hoping that they do a, a Sunderland and, <laughs> and uh, think that they're going to go back up and uh, have a little bit of a... A little bit of a foray down the bottom. <laughs> That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Particularly as uh, you know, three games into the season, you get your first sight of them. Make no mistake, they've got some wonderful players, though, haven't they? They've got, you know, whether they stay or not is another matter. But you'd have to say because the game against Luton is so soon that most of them will probably be there, and if any of them go, it'd be towards the end of the window. So you've still got De La Feo, ex Barcelona player, and. Um, that sort of gives you an idea of what you're up against. Um, it, it's it's going to be an interesting one, that isn't it? Because uh, I think the Luton players will be a lot more up for it. I was going to say fans, the fans are not going to be in the ground, which is the disappointing thing. But I think the Luton players are going to be a lot more up for it because I think uh, the relationship between the fans and the players and the board at Luton is. Uh, quite unique against many other clubs uh, it's quite a tight-knit thing and they, they all seem to understand the situations whereas Watford are the complete opposite uh, to Luton they've got um, you know the this the, this Posso family in charge that seem to think and it, and it worked for a while but they seem to think that they could just chop and change the manager and it'd be fine the problem with that is you're always going to that run is not always going to continue and they found that and they've gone down they've got a lot of money and they've got other clubs as well that can act as feeder clubs they can bring players in um, they've got uh, a, a, a big stadium they fill usually when fans are allowed in so um, whether those players probably with the exception of Troy Deeney understand the importance of what this fixture is because they've not played each other for well over a decade um, is it remains to be seen. So hopefully that's a bit of a leveller. Um, I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd hate for them to uh, start the season on fire. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I think we all would all would all hate that. Uh, Tony, if you look at the championship as a whole, is there a side there that you think they're the most likely champions? Yeah. I, uh... I think Norwich, to be honest with you. I don't think you look further than them, to be honest. Um, <clears throat> I think they've managed to keep their squad mainly intact. Um, and uh, I, I, I just think they've got that experience. Uh, they know what they're doing. They've been through it before. And I, I think you can't look much further than them, to be honest. 
Yeah, no, um, I would agree with that. You know, I'd just like to say about James's point about Watford's filling their ground, I believe half of that is vegetables. <laughs> you know, so, um, Maybe they don't fill it uh, when the fans are allowed back. Maybe they don't fill it because they're all Premier League glory hunters and uh, they've only gone there well, to watch Man United and Liverpool and stuff. So then they're gathered in the Championship, they won't bother. I believe in, in Watford there's been a lot of face painting companies gone under. That's what I've heard. <laughs> uh, but again, um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see them um, finish out the top two on goal difference and then go out in the, the first round of the playoffs, to be honest with you. So close. Yeah, so far. I'd be quite happy if they finished in the bottom two, though. If uh, Yeah, I, I wouldn't, you know... You know, I, I, I shed a tear if that happened, put it that way, Kev. Diamond, and Norwich the benchmark in the division for you? Obviously, the, the better yeah, Norwich than the one that we played. It's a bit of a tricky one because they've made a lot of signings, haven't they? And it's whether they settle. Um, you know, not many players have gone out, the big names, obviously they've sold Jamal Lewis to, to Newcastle, but it's it's whether they settle in, in this division and whether they get to grips with the games behind closed doors against a level of opposition that's very different to playing Manchester City, playing Liverpool, playing Arsenal, Tottenham and the like, you know, that, that could be a bit of a shock to them. Um, yes, they played a few games behind closed doors at the end of the season, but they were playing big big clubs and big names. They're, they obviously ended the season on a very poor run. Um, the players that were involved on Saturday, you know, didn't win. So it could be an interesting one for them. I, I'm not convinced they'll start strongly. It's whether they can then build on that and um, progress further. But they'll certainly be there and thereabouts. But for me, I'm not convinced they're going to be the standout um, this season. I think there's a lot of clubs that would all be hoping they can do something and take advantage of the league in, in the state that it's in this year. So your idea of possible champions would be? I'm not sure I could pick one, to be honest. I think, as I just said, I think there's, there's several clubs that would, would want to be up there and thereabouts. Um, Brentford again you know they, they've obviously sold big in Ollie Watkins but they brought in Ivan Tony. Um, you know they had an opportunity to to get promoted um, you know at the end of the last season so I think they'll be there again um, there'll be other clubs that will be picking up points and you know will be pushing that may be involved longer term uh, to me I don't for me personally at this stage I don't think there's anybody that, that really stands out and I think they're the ones to watch I no, think it I, could be quite I, open top six, seven. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a wide open division, which is kind of what I intimated with it being a weaker division in the absence of certainly Leeds and Fulham. Um, James, at the bottom end of the table, is it Sheffield Wednesday and two others? Well, it's, it's got to be on um, Sheffield Wednesday's form last season um, and the fact that they've got this points deduction. It makes the situation for clubs that might think they'll be further down the table a little bit easier um, but then again they you know Wednesday could come out all guns blazing and overturn it somehow but um, you can only go on what we've seen last season and uh, I would expect that, that they will find it hard to turn that around in this division and get out of there and then you've got to really look at um, the teams that have come up from League One purely because of how the three that came up last season struggled. Um, and, uh, you know, with, 
the team that won the playoffs went down ultimately. So, um, you know, Wickham have never been in that division. And you won't hear the end of how much little budget they've got. Um, but then, that, do you know what? They could, they could really be a shock to championship clubs' uh, systems because uh, most championship clubs have a midfield and Wickham don't. So um, <laughs> they, they might just be a surprise package for many of the other clubs. Um, uh, you know, neck aches all around, that sort of stuff. So, um, you know, and, and whether, um, whether Rotherham can sustain themselves, they're sort of one of those perennial yo-yo teams, aren't they, really? Um, I think there's a lot of, I think there is a lot of cause for hope that um, Luton can have a more comfortable season because uh, of those teams that have come up. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I certainly hope that that's the case. Tony, I'm guessing with you, it's Wickham, two others, uh, presumably one of them, Sheffield Wednesday. Mm, yeah, I mean, contrary to what James has said, I believe Wickham have increased their budget. There's an extra £1.50 gone in. So, you know... Uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I could turn around and say Wickham, uh, Wickham reserves and whatever, but no, I, I, seriously, I, I think both Wickham and Rotherham um, will probably struggle out the three sides coming up. Um, I mean, I, I, I think all three will probably struggle, but I think Wickham and Rotherham um, were probably the weakest out of them, um, and, and probably Sheffield Wednesday as well, but. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's quite difficult to call. I mean, you, you see it so many times that a club has been uh, cast adrift for the points deduction um, and they make it up. But whether Wednesday can do that, because um, throughout last season, I don't believe uh, everything was particularly rosy behind the scenes at, at Wednesday. And uh, I, I believe there's some unrest amongst their supporters as well. So... It's a big ask for them, I think. So um, it's certainly going to be, be tight down at the bottom, I think. Yeah, it's, it's important to say that, you know, I'm asking you for these predictions and I'm, I'm basically asking you them on level playing fields. Obviously, if points deductions and all of that come in and based on last season, you know, you've got to think there's every chance someone's going to be in the dock if not actually deducted points. That's obviously going to change the landscape. But Simon, how do you see it down the bottom? Because there were a few sides towards the end of last season when we were surging, when Barnsley were surging, who were looking over their shoulders thinking, cool, I hope X, Y and Z get points deductions. You know, your Birmingham's, your Middlesbrough's, your Stokes. Any of them going to struggle again? Yeah, I mean, Birmingham was the one there that obviously we, we ended up finishing above, didn't we? And, um, you know, they, they did struggle towards the end of the season. Obviously, they managed they said he was going to leave and then he left before the end of the season. Um, you know, it, it's a tricky one, isn't it? You half wondered, did they think they were safe and then just went on a longer than expected blip? Um, yeah, it's it's difficult. I think some of the other clubs you mentioned there, Middlesbrough obviously were down there and then had a little bit of a resurrection and, and pulled away and then dropped back down again. Um, so, you know, they, they will hope that they can start strong um, with Neil Warnock in charge and of course you know he's got a full season with them now so that may make a difference um, but again like the top end of the table I think there's going to be quite a group of clubs that could be involved down there um, the Wednesday 12 point deduction they're either going to come out the blocks firing and soon knock it off 
or the mentality is going to be negative and they'll just struggle to, to get the points. And, you know, the longer that happens, the worse it will get for them. But, you know, hopefully whatever does happen down the foot of the table, we're not worrying too much about it. Yeah, we're standing above and laughing with a bit of luck. Uh, QPR, another side who might well be um, in trouble, having lost Eze and um, I think Hugo was there last season, wasn't he? And he popped up at Kenilworth Road on Saturday, so obviously he's not there um, this season. James, you're not getting what no one's getting away actually without giving me a proper prediction. So where are Luton finishing this season? Well, as I said before, I will not be disappointed as I think it's one place above relegation. But I think it's realistic to say that with a more consistent season, a, a season that's uh, full of less lows, that they can finish, uh, I'd say, 15th, 14th place. 14th or 15th one of the great things about having to do this podcast on zoom is we've got it all in video evidence and i can recapture this and show it back to you in may it's fantastic tony where are the town finishing this season yeah uh, to be honest i've said mid-table um i'd be happy with 16th um but i'll go 15th that's two for 15th simon come on we've got to be doing better than that surely well, I'm, I'm going to stretch it slightly and I'm going to go, I think, anywhere between, um, I think, 12th to, to 16th in, but we'll be close to, you know, either. I think that will be a tight area of the table. Um, we will be close, potentially, hopefully close to slightly higher and not so close to slightly lower. I think there's going to be a group in the middle that, to me, there's not going to be a lot to separate them. Fair enough pretty much a unanimous call that the town are going to be safe and safe by some margin, which everyone will take, that's for sure. Two games uh, to start the season then, um, before that big one that's on the horizon. Um, James, Barnsley away. I mean, we won there last season, so we'll just win there on Saturday, won't we? Yep, next question. <laughs> um, do, you know, do you know what... But, uh, Barnsley are going to have a similar outlook, I think, as Luton because everybody wrote them off, including me. In fact, after the last meeting between Luton and Barnsley, I literally wrote both of them off in in report, in <laughs> black and white. You can go and have a look. I thought that was the end after Luton failed to beat them and um, Barnsley got a late draw. I thought both of them were gone, but they, they proved me wrong. So... Um, I think the the knock-on effect of both of them pulling that off can um, have them both thinking that they can have a bit more about them season, a bit more comfortable. Um, having said that, out of the out of the two games and say the four halves of football, I think Luton probably dominated three of them. So I would be looking for Luton to go up there and start strongly and, and get victory. But I think it'll be tight. I think it'll be one one goal in it here or there. Um, it's just not going. It's kind of just not going to be that. I don't think it's going to be that cagey type of um, opening day of the season. Or, or, or gung ho as the other one as Luton's first game of the season was last season. I think it's mm-hmm. going to be a bit more. Uh, it's going to be a bit more s- a settled game. I think. Um, 
like it like it'd be if you're a month into the season, I think, just because of the amount of time that the players haven't really been off. So um so I'd I, I think Luton will win. I think it'll be sort of two one. Two one Luton. Yeah, no three three um, to start the season with then Tony, but I mean James mentioned there about a fast start. That's exactly what we did up there last season. So it'd be a right touch if we can do that again. Mm, it, it would be. It'd be lovely. But um, I, I'm totally agreement with James. I was going to go 2-1 before he said it. Um, I think we're quite capable of winning up there. And I think with the spirit in the side and carried through from the end of last season, I think that will see us through. Um you know, we, we, we have strengthened our side, I think. Um, it's It's been quite quiet from Barnsley. I don't know what ins and outs they've had from their their squad. Um, but they've still got this policy, haven't they, of only recruiting players under a certain age. Um, so they generally tend to lack in a little bit of experience, don't they? But they've got a year's experience under their belt anyway. So I, I, I still think we'll, we'll, we'll beat them, though. Yeah, it's, Simon, it's actually credit to Barnsley in many ways that we are playing them because, I mean, James mentioned that they were written off. They weren't really written off based on the football that they showed at, at Kenilworth Road last season, were they? They were written off because their last three was Leeds away, Nottingham Forest somewhere and Brentford somewhere, wasn't it? And everyone was like, we're well, not getting no points from them. Little did we know that Brentford would implode, Nottingham Forest would completely crash and burn and um, Barnsley were the recipients of it. Yeah, indeed. I mean, you know, Barnsley had been written off during the season when they were bottom of the league for some time. They were then written off towards the end when it didn't look, you know, the fixtures weren't certainly weren't in their favour. But credit to them, a young team, you know, um, they they scored late goals to beat Nottingham Forest at home. And then, of course, um, uh, away at Brentford on the final day of the season to stay up um, because of other results as well. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a tough game to start with. I don't think it's going to be as straightforward. I think, you know, they'll be on that positive momentum like we were with staying up on the final day. If they've not made many changes, then they've got um, an organised side, um, as we know from the back end of last season. So, yeah, I think coming away without defeat is the key thing from your first game. Um, and I don't, I don't think it's going to be easy and straightforward, but... If we can get the opening goal and we can put the pressure on early doors like we did last season, um, then, of course, they've not got... I mean, a lot of it last season, you could see the disappointment in the fans. You could hear it, the frustration. That's obviously not going to be there in a behind-closed-doors game. But likewise, it also doesn't give them the impetus and the support if they were to go behind. So the first goal, is, to me, is even more key um, in these first few games because of the situation we find ourselves in. Um, but I'm just hoping the Hatters go out, put in a performance that we know they're capable of, and then, um, you know, take something from the game at least. And I'll stick with you, Simon, because it's actually funny, isn't it? Because normally when fixtures come out, the, the kind of fan mentality is, oh, let's have a home game first. But actually, with the way we finished last season flying away from home, it kind of feels like we've had a, a bit of a touch here that we're away from home first up. Yeah, it certainly does. I mean, it, it's so difficult to call at the moment. These behind-closed-doors games make a massive difference, as we've seen. Um, you know, as we touched on earlier, we didn't perhaps get the points at Kenilworth Road that we'd expected, but then we picked up points away from home that we didn't expect. So the long and short of it is it balanced out to be what we needed. Um, and I think, you know, we'll take that this season. If, if we get the points that put us in a position that we're happy with, then whether they come against a team at home or a team away... Um, the points on the board is what matters at the end of it. Um, so, you know, it's it's not going to be 
easy home or away um but you know it's we've got to play everybody at some point the only thing for me looking at the first two games that we've got Barnsley away and Derby at home were two games that we won last season um so if we can match that to start the season then we'll certainly be happy yeah, James Simon's kind of stole my thunder there as I kind of had a feeling that he was <laughs> going to do. Um, you know, it, it, we did win at home, 3-2, fantastic uh, fantastic game. Obviously, um, Rooney was in the Derby side that time. He wasn't. He didn't play last Saturday. I think he's injured, so I don't know if he'll be fit uh, fit for then. But he was prancing about at Soccer Aid, one on Sunday, so there can't be too much wrong with him. How do you see that Derby game going? I don't think they're as good a side as they were when we beat them, actually. It was such a strange game, that one. It was so uh, topsy-turvy. and uh, um, Well, the fact that Luton won it is, is the main thing, really, isn't it? But they have got some really good players and they have always been able to attract some really uh, good players in this division, but not players that you kind of expect that they put on more of a promotion tilt, I think. Um, I mean, I just, I, I just hope that it's the same result again because the sight of Wayne Rooney flipping his lid <laughs> at the fact that he's getting beaten by Luton was just a sight to behold, really, wasn't it? So, um, but uh, you know, they've got. Um, well, I don't know actually. I don't know if they've still got Chris Martin and Jack Merritt because I've not kept any uh, paid any attention to either of them. But obviously, Martin came back and uh, scored against his old as a UK, but there you go. Um, I don't pay any attention to Derby, as you can tell. But uh, um, I, I, I'd, I'd happily take a draw in that one. I think more would be a bonus. Yeah, the unfortunate thing is the guy who scored the winner that night, he's disappeared, hasn't he? Bogle, is it Sheffield United that, have, um, that signed him? So um, that's a bit of a shame, but I'm sure there'll be someone else in Derby colours that score the winner. They've got history of that down at Kenworth Road for us. Um, Tony, how do you see that game going? Again, I can't believe this. I'm in agreement with James. Um, I'd quite happily take a point there as well, but I think we're quite capable of beating them. I agree with you, Kev. I don't think they're as strong as they were last season. Um, they've still got this, um, you know, this EFL thing hanging over their head, haven't they? Because the EFL have, have decided to appeal. So, um, I, I don't think it, there's going to be a great spirit amongst them, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping uh, I, we'll come away with six points from the first two games. Um, but having said that, I, I wouldn't be too disappointed if we got a draw. How do you see the derby game going, Simon? Yeah, it's another tricky one, isn't it? But again, playing teams early in the season before they've settled, um, you know, if we can put in the performance, then. You know, we've shown that we could beat them last season. Um, and, you know, and that was at a time, uh, you know, pre-lockdown. Um, so, yeah, I think there's not, you know, I'm always a realistic, pos- I'm a positively realistic, you know. It's, um, it's one of those where we're more than capable of beating them. But on their day, they're equally capable with the bigger budgets, with the bigger um, players. But then, you know, we saw £5 million Jordan Hugel um, for Norwich just not really set the world alight at, Car- at Kenilworth Road last Saturday. So it does come down to the big name players on the day. And, you know, the Luton Town squad is a, is a well-organised squad. It's got a good set of players um, and we can show that we can, we can take on the big boys in this league. 
um, and get the points. So, as we've said, fingers crossed, you know, if we come out the first two games unbeaten um, uh, with, with a win and a draw, then you take that from the two. Um, but, you know, the performances, uh, let's, let's get, get going and get settled into uh, the games. Five million quid. West Ham must have burgled someone. Five million. Jesus, Lord. Um, <laughs> dear me. Well, so, it's um, a deal up to five million. Let's hope it's not related to goals because he didn't look like he was going to get many on Saturday. Well, the way West Ham are right now, you, you wouldn't be surprised if it was. That's for sure. Um, yeah, positive start to the season then. I think we're all expecting two competitive games. Hopefully we'll get at least four points from them. Six would be absolutely fantastic. And then we'll go into the big one, which we'll preview in our next podcast. Um, Tony, I'll come to you to finish uh, the podcast because it's been sort of six weeks since football had gone on. Um, Matches might have stopped, but the trust certainly haven't. We've been quite busy in that time. Obviously, all members saw the presentation evening last night or have the link to see the presentation evening. Uh, but we've got some other things on the horizon, haven't we? A survey has gone out, which we would yeah. love as many Luton Town fans as possible to fill yeah, in. That, also, uh, memberships are open for the new season. Yeah, um, it's good. Uh, I mean, the, 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 the whole board have been working uh, very hard with different initiatives. And uh, we've uh, obviously done our bit to help the club through um, the financial difficulty. Um, which is good. Um, we've got membership drives coming, um, different ideas, um, the electronic uh, membership card that's available on your on a tab on your phone as a member. Um, as you've mentioned, the survey, um, just to reinforce that, it's open to all football supporters of Luton Town to complete, and we, we'd ask as many supporters as possible to, to do that. Um, and there's lots of other, um, as you say, d- incentives. Um, we're actually working hard on uh, putting a stra- strategy together um, to work in more closely with the club. Um, very pleased with the presentation night last night. And, uh, you know, it's it went very well. Um, it was a, a very, it seemed to be a well-appreciated video put together. Um, everybody on that worked hard. And uh, it's hopefully something going forward that we'll, we'll be able to do again, e- even when presentations return to normal and we have a proper presentation evening, hopefully we'll be able to do something along that line afterwards as well. So uh, it's all looking good. We're, we're working more closely with the club and uh, I just encourage people to sign up, be a trust member, get involved and uh, do your part for Luton Town and show that we're one force and we're, we can only be stronger together. Remember, in the words of a great man, the stronger the team, the stronger the team. Absolutely right. That is um, for sure. Yeah, um, if you are a member, you'll be updated with everything that we do on regular uh, emails and things. You'll have already had the email uh, with the link to the survey. If you can um, fill that out, it would be fantastic. If you know of any Luton fans, uh, who haven't had the link to the survey, please give it to them. We'd love as many opinions as possible. The more opinions we get back, the stronger our voice can be, the stronger a difference and bigger a difference that we can make. And uh, it's all good going forward. Chaps, we're up and running. Roll on Saturday. <laughs> Season four. Let's just hope we can all get back in the ground at some point. Eh? Yeah. Yeah, I, I do... Don't... 
we're all missing it, aren't we? We're all yeah. missing it. Yeah, I mean, there's Simon's voice is good, but I mean, got to be honest, mate, I'd love to not hear you. <laughs> you, just, you, you just want to hear that fella that moans behind you in the state about James Collins. You know what, mate? <laughs> I'm even going to let him moan. I am. He can moan to his heart's content. As long as I am back in that ground and he's there as well, I mean, it'll just be great. It'll be music to my ears for once. It really will. Yeah, yeah the things you're missing. What is funny, have you seen the, um, the Zoom recording of um, the social event? Uh, and watching people through the game and you can see the issues with I follow because when we score they're all celebrating at different times somebody will celebrate and then a minute later somebody else will celebrate and, <laughs> and the one that was shown on there was well, there's this whole group and then they were all yeah 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 and in the bottom there was John Piper watching and he, nothing nothing you, you, just, you know watching it somebody else and then they all calm down. Next thing, yeah, go on, yeah, and he's the only one. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. The uh, perils of COVID football, I, I suppose we would call that. Uh, chaps, thanks very much for your time, your insights and your predictions, all of which I'm absolutely confident will come nowhere near to fruition. Um, <laughs> but thanks for, thanks for giving them anyway. Thank you very much to Nathan Jones for giving us his time um, so close to the season starting and um, well come on you at us.